You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Gate 7 International. It's going to be a little weird today. This is our first ever solo episode. I'm flying solo today. No Costa, no Lambro, no Peter. And that makes this a very unique episode. But what I am going to do is I'm going to be dropping a link in chat. So anybody that wants to hop in, you can join in. We'll chat. We'll chat whatever you want about Olympiacos. We have a few things to discuss. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be weird. But hey, hopefully that means it's going to be pretty fun as well. The link for the stream is going live in just a second. So anybody that wants to join in, please do so. It'll be a fun time. I promise you we got a lot to get into here. Uh, but just to get started, first and foremost, some of you guys may have checked out Insta or Twitter and saw the big exhibition that happened in New York. And let me tell you guys, it was fun. It was cold. Some of you may have seen as well on Twitter. It was 6 Celsius, I think, not including the chilly, bitter wind that we had. I'm sure with wind chills, probably like negative 10 Celsius. It was absurdly cold, but it was a great, great event. I want to give a personal thank you to Socrates, the president, uh, Socrates Selas, the president of Olympiacos New York, the Olympiacos New York Academy. Uh, the facility out there was incredible. Guys, check out those pictures. That sunset was gorgeous. It was incredible. I mean, in the spring and summer, I can't imagine what it's like to play there. I would have killed to play on a field like that when I was growing up. So definitely a wonderful place. I cannot wait for the next event. I hope there's more events out there. I hope I can make an excuse to go out there again. It was a really, really good time. I got to link up with the president of the Olympiacos New York Fan Club, uh, uh, President uh, Theodoros Menis. I mean, he is an incredible guy as well. He is also a trooper. Let me tell you, everybody was freezing when we were doing the pre- and post-match interviews, and he sat there like a soldier. He stayed outside the whole time. Didn't look like it bothered him one bit. So kudos to him. Uh, I mean, Teddy is an absolute soldier. That was incredible. Uh, and the game itself was great. It was a great game. That's what we went there to see. Can't really root for one team or another. It's Olympiacos playing Olympiacos. Hashtag Oli Oli, right? So it was a great time. I am so happy we went out there. And congratulations to all the boys. They they played with passion. It was freezing out there. And they left it all on the field. It was a great game. I had a blast. The boys seemed to have a blast on both teams. It was a good time. So And everybody that tuned in to watch that game, Thank you so much for doing so because it meant everything to those kids out there. Those, the guys that were on the field, young men, young adults, they loved 
knowing that people were watching them. And I think at one point we had 500 people watching on the stream, which was incredible. In addition to the hundred or so Greeks that were there from New York, from Maryland, up and down the Northeast that came to watch the game. It was incredible. They loved it. It made them feel special. And it was a great feeling. I hope that it only continues to grow from here with more academies jumping in, you know, maybe they can set up a tournament. I, there's the sky's the limit with something like this. It was a historical, historical moment for the club and for the academies based here in the United States. So guys, if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, go check out the stream. It was, it's completely free. It's recorded. Check out our Insta lives because we recorded everything uh, on there on the page. So you can check out the discussions we have with the coaches, with some of the players, the captains, and of course, Harry Kara, George, and Socrates, the presidents of Libyacos DC and New York. Uh, we're going to be having an interview in the future with uh, the president of Libyacos New York fan club, as well as Socrates, the president of Libyacos New York, the academy. So a lot of great stuff coming out for that. Uh, it was a great time. Congratulations to both teams. Congratulations to Libyacos and the Olympiacos Academy Network for achieving this because this was monumental. And guys, the links are live. Check out uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links are live. So please go check those out. If you want to come in and have a chat, join me. I'm more than happy to talk to everybody. Um, the podcast also wants to send out uh, our prayers and our well wishes to Stevan Yelovac, the, the basketball player for Ike, for those that saw on our socials today, you probably saw it on Greek social media everywhere. He did finally pass away today. Now, I don't know much about basketball, as many of you are aware, but um, he suffered, I believe it was a, a brain hemorrhage during training about a month ago. And today uh, he finally passed his an awful, awful thing. Uh, our condolences with the family. Uh, as a new father, I can't, I can't even imagine if I ever had to bury my son before me. That would be terrible. Uh, so our heartfelt uh, condolences to the family. It was, it's a terrible thing, and uh, we believe that he's in a better place now. Uh, lastly, thank you to our sponsor, Paris International. Preus is your one-stop shop for all of your international transshipping needs, whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or relocating completely. Preus International is here to help. Freight forwarding service is available to almost any port around the world, whether it's North America, Europe, Africa, Asia, or Australia. Just contact our friends at 410-675-4696. Now, boys, moving on. A lot of stuff to get through today, and because it's just me solo, there won't be the usual banter, so we'll get through it probably pretty quickly. But let's start with that Greek Cup loss to Levadiakos. Now, this rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It upset quite a few people. We saw when the game started, we had a lot of youngsters starting this game. A lot of Libyakos B, a lot of guys that maybe normally wouldn't get a lot of game time in most of these matches. And they started this game. Uh, it was very rough. I mean, I missed the first 18 minutes of this game. And I just was getting notifications on my on my phone. I mean, within the first six minutes, I see that we're down to nothing. And I, I thought to myself, this is impossible. What is what's happening here? How 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 could this be happening? 
And I get in, I start watching and, you know, I was also able to rewind and watch the time that I missed. And it just seemed like everybody was sleeping, you know, and it's disappointing because in a game like this, you would hope and you would expect that some of the younger guys would have come out to play. This was their opportunity. This was a chance for them to really show Pedro, Coach Pedro Martins, that they were ready, that they're ready for the next step. Now, a couple of them, I don't think, I think people are really, really harsh, and I'll touch on that in a little bit. But, you know, guys like Agassimba and, well, I mean, Henry Onyakuru in particular as well, they disappointed me. Now, Onyakuru is a starter. He's not a guy that, you know, is sitting on the bench. I mean, I think he should be on the bench personally, but that's a uh, another uh discussion for another time apostolopoulos disappointed me as well uh you know you want to see better from these guys uh especially because levadiakos it's not like they're the top competition they're sitting in second division they might be a good team in second division but you expect better you do uh, now there's an individual who i thought had some really harsh criticism against them and that was uh vasilis solis our young just turned 19 year old defensive midfielder who I believe will be a future star for this team, who could be a future star for this team. And that is my opinion. I think he's, he's got the goods. And after this game, I saw on Greek Twitter, so many, even diaspora Twitter, so many people that just threw him in with the rest of the players and said, this is another guy that didn't take his chances. And this is why he doesn't play. And this is why he shouldn't be playing for the first team because he doesn't take his chances. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I thought that was really unfair. And I posted some statistics on my personal my uh, personal social media accounts uh, verified from Scout. Uh, why I disagreed with that. And the first thing is, I mean, this kid completed 61 passes. The volume, I mean, almost 70 touches on the ball which is heavy volume. I mean, we Mari Camara and Jan and Vila, they play most games for us 90 minutes, right? And they get a heavy volume. Pujalakis gets heavy volume. But they don't always get that many touches on the ball. Now, you can make the argument that Solis didn't do much with it. And okay, I understand that. Yeah, he didn't. There wasn't a lot of creative, creative uh, work done, we'll say, okay? Not a lot of through balls, maybe no no key passes, not a lot of balls played into the penalty area. Fine. I agree with that. But 61 passes, 98% pass accuracy from a kid that was whose role in that game was as a defensive mid. That's to me worth something. Okay. All right. You know what? Maybe he didn't create much. I'm not saying he had a great game, but I'm I'm just trying to make the point here that he didn't have a bad game. Led the team in interceptions, by the way led the team in interceptions, led the team in not just defensive duels won, but duels. He got involved in everything. He was everywhere. And when you put the heat maps together of him and Kunde, it doesn't even compare. He covered, Solis covered so much ground. Now some of you will say, okay, well, he actually played you know the full 90 minutes uh, and most other players didn't. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. But even when we adjust for the time that he played, we aggregate it for 45 minutes here, 45 minutes there. I believe that he covered 
more ground in any one of those instances compared to anybody else playing on him at the time. And that shows it's reflected in those maps. So we can complain that Apostolopoulos maybe didn't take his chance. Ruben Semedo didn't look his best either. Um, I thought Markovic looked okay. I, I thought he looked decent. His feet, I mean, the guy is good with his feet and showed to me that he he could be should be breaking into the first team. Um, Agassimba, again, like I said, unfortunate. I thought he could have done better. Marios Vrusai was, for me, the man of the match in that game. It, two goal involvements it, at a time where not many people look good. The question is, why isn't Mario Vrusai seeing more of the field for the first team in normal games? Well, my co-host and I have argued about that for, well, I should say we have discussed our opinions on why that is and it, and it isn't. But that's just one of those things that irritates us. Comment coming in from Stelios Patitakis. In my opinion, Martin shouldn't have rotated the team that match from the first game. It wasn't the youngster's fault to me. Stelio, I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. I don't blame this wholly on the youngsters. And I also agree. I think this team was probably maybe a little bit more heavily rotated than I would have liked. Uh, and, you know, I find myself, when I say that, it kind of feels a little bit hypocritical, only because we keep talking about how we want to see more youngsters play, more youngsters play, more youngsters play. And Martins doesn't play them, doesn't play them, doesn't play them. We have a game, he plays all of them. And, you know, it's one If it's not one end of the spectrum, it's the other. You know what I mean? And we're, we're just looking for the happy median. You know, we want to see a couple guys uh, incorporated in the team as we go you know, and here and there so that they look good. And I think that's the better option. I think Martins went a little bit too over to the other side. And at the risk of sounding hypocritical, I'm I'm happy he played some of the young guys. But I, yes, I also believe he shouldn't have gone that far. I think maybe, he, you know, he should have played Solis. He should have played, uh, you know, Apostolopoulos on the left. Um, I, 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 I think that it should have been a little bit more gradual, I'll say. But you know what? In the end... I will say it again. I said it on social media and I'll say it again. I am not worried about the second leg. Reason being, I posted the the expected goals for you. I posted you got for you guys the this the underlying some of the underlying statistics. And we created a lot of opportunities. We probably should have had a third goal, even going down too early, even looking as bad as we did. And with our second team playing. Uh, as KN803 says here, we now we have our second team playing also. Yeah, guys, that was our second team playing for most of the game. Uh, I'm not worried about second leg. I'm sure our starters are going to be playing, and we'll put this away. I am, I'm about 99% sure. And if it doesn't happen, you guys can tell me I told you so. I'll accept that. But I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to put all the blame on the youngsters. I wish some of them maybe took a better – took took the chance, you know, to really show something. Um, I will say again, I disagree for, with those that think that Vasily Solis wasted a chance. I don't think he was bad. I think he was good. And I think he showed that he has the confidence to, to be the center of our possession, which he was. He was the central point of all of our interplay. When you look at the pass maps, he was the center point for all of that. All of it. And on that, I don't believe that he had a bad game, and I think he warrants himself another call-up. 
And we have ourselves our first guest coming in, Roman. Roman, how are you doing today, buddy? Cheers, guys from Moscow. How are you doing? How are you? Good to have you. Good to have you in here. Thank you. I'm not. I don't remember. Uh, have we been together in the last uh, life we had, or you, you, you weren't with us? I was not there. I was. Oh, not okay. There. You okay. had uh, Costa and Lambro, I believe. Yes, that was true. That's true. Now, Roman, while I have you, you know, I've just finished wrapping up on the Greek on the Greek Cup, the loss in the midweek. What were your thoughts on that? Well, uh, the main thing is that I think. It, because it's a it's a two matches on the cup and not one, I think it was a little bit over like over rotation on that match. That means no matter what, we still have a like game home, right? So mm-hmm. even if we lose like three one in the worst case scenario, it would be pretty easy game in um, in Karaiskaki. Because yeah, they're dangerous. They're they are a solid team, but come on, it's like. Uh, it's football league team, second division of Greece. I think we, we don't have so much things to to be afraid of, you know. Uh, I thought that you you were talking about the last game with Toffee, so I I, I kind of miss that. Oh, I haven't I haven't yet gotten to that. That's actually oh. the next segment. So let's do it. Let while I have you here, you're you well. Up, I have so let's only go. one word. Finally, we were waiting <laughs> for this match like since the start of the season. It seems you know because we keep telling again and again that okay, we were good. We not want we were average, but let's move on. Let's move on. And finally, we have one match when we can say we were actually very good. Not super. We were solid, above average. Uh, we had Envila back, Envila we remember from the last year. We had Ronnie Lopez, like he showed us why he was playing for Monaco. He had like millions and millions of uh, like transfers. Uh, we saw amazing, uh, actually, not only Cisse, but was you know what's interesting about Cisse and Ba on the paper. Their pair doesn't look so good, but their chemistry is it's not bad actually. They were together in um I think it was against Arsenal, they were pretty solid in London. They were, that's correct. Yeah, they're like it's because they're about this the same style, right? They're both physical, they're fast, uh, they're good in the air, average on the ground when the ball is on the ground, but they're like as a combination, as a chemistry, they I think they were they, they were solid. Yeah, the the issue with Ba, it's for I mean, and Lambro and I have a disagreement here because Lambro I don't think has really ever rated Ba, but mainly because of the things that Ba used to do, like the his more carelessness, like the way he would throw his hands, his elbows, his temper, things like that. Um, for me, the issue with Ba now is is up here, right? It's more of a mental problem because we he he wasn't always bad positionally i should say um i recently he has been he's had some bad games where he gave up you know a couple of goals or he was at fault we should say for uh a couple of goals and a lot of what i believe is wrong with ba is related to his mindset uh going into or last season you know, he had talked about last season how he thought he won everything in Greece. And because of that, he thought he was ready for something else. And that is a problem for me. And I under, I understand it's he's not wrong in that he has won all those titles in Greece. But 
winning those titles in Greece, right? That doesn't mean that you're I ready think, for it. I think it's not enough. You have to be the best player of Olympiacos. Exactly. Like literally the best player of Olympiacos to go for something else. Winning titles doesn't mean anything. Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's where I'm in agreement. This, I mean, this season should have been a season for him to really explode. You know what I mean? And to build on those things, the things that he built up the, the last year and the previous year. You know what I mean? The the story around him is fantastic. I mean, he came from, we picked him up from second division. You know what I mean? Second division France. And then he, I remember the first preseason we saw him and we were like, who is this guy? He had a really bad, or he didn't look too good in preseason. And then he just I came re- out I of remember, nowhere. I remember his first friendly, I think. I, I remember that game. But as you, as you say, like in order to get a good transfer to a top European do something that separates you from the pack, like Tsimikas exactly. did. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You could see that this guy, like he's outgrown Olympiakos level and he's ready for something else. Bach has shown that us. Moreover, he, he became worse than he was last year. Oh, yeah. He's regressed big time. And, I, and that's regressed. why I believe I absolutely agree with that. Yes. a lot of that is here. A lot of that is here because the issues we used to have with Bach were, you know, his temper. Always like his temper would get away from him, or he would make that that stupid push, or that elbow would be too high and hit somebody. He would get that second yellow card. But the issues we're having now is now not only do you still have to worry about that, but his positioning is poor. He, you know, we we've seen a couple times now where his because of his poor positioning, he gives way to a, a nasty through ball or a very a pass that then splits the defense because he's not where he's supposed to be. And it's very, it's, it's not good. It's not good because it doesn't give us the confidence in him and it's not making him look better. I mean, does he really believe that, especially at this point, he's going to get a move anywhere? <laughs> he's not, there's no way. There's no way. Who's going to pay anything for him? With yeah, the form I mean, he's in now, it, it depends what kind of money are we talking about. He could be okay for an average French team, for example. Yeah, but if, yeah, if we're talking about Premier Division, absolutely no chance. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like, they value players like that can play with the ball, that like have a composure and stuff. And I don't think he he can he belongs there. Show that you are the best defender of Olympiacos, and then we can talk. Yep, and that's exactly what it is. And for anybody, and that goes for every player that we have. It isn't enough. It isn't enough for you to win silverware here. Even if you win the double, it isn't enough for your career just to do that. And I'm not – before before I go on and continue to knock that, I do understand that when you do win something – it is, you know, once you win it, maybe the, what is, uh, what's the word you, the, um, the allure of that, of winning that title kind of goes away. Cause you've won it before. It's less special the second time around, but you have, you're a professional athlete. You have to motivate yourself to continue. This is all part of professionalism. I mean, there are players that win their titles more frequently than, than others. Manchester city players, they've won. More titles in the last five years than what is it four four out of the last five English Premier League titles they've won? I, they how many? How, how many championships uh, George had? Too many to count. 
do you remember his last years when he was like 35 or 36 he was running up and down yeah like like stop. a crazy guy exactly a real it's, professional. It's, a ment- it's a mental thing i think it's a mental thing you, it, you have to you have, you have like it's called self-motivation it is it is it is and like <laughs> stelio coming in again if olympiakos signed my grandmother she would also win the double in olympiakos that doesn't say anything yeah stelio uh, especially in the current climate um you know with balk losing and just making our lead further i mean this team literally i mean this could be another case where we have the title pretty much won by you know by the winter break i mean this is crazy and yeah you're absolutely right uh, now, Roman, uh, before I let you go, because we do have, uh, looks like a couple other people trying to get in on this here. Uh, sure. I want to get your man of the match and your, your coach's grade for both games, for the cup as well as for um, Ovi. Lay it on me. For the cup, I cannot judge because I haven't seen that game. I was away, but I oh. can talk about the Ovi game. Go oh. ahead. Okay, the obvious MVP should be Cissé, right? If you're a centre-back and you score two goals, almost a hat-trick, by the way. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy, right? You don't have to be like some crazy analyst guy. Uh, but I would say, except Cissé, of course, Ronnie Lopez, he was very, very solid, very good. Like, we, we, we saw from him the reason why, what, why we get him in the summer. Right. And of course, Envila, he was absolutely amazing. That that brain, that machine that we need on the center, he was marking, tackling, and of course, his speed point passing as always. Like we, we it, it's not something that we're not used from Envila. We're not used it this year. We, it it would be an average game for Envila last year. He right. didn't do something that we haven't seen from him. Right. And it, it's it's always encouraging and and. And, and we're just glad if he continues that kind of uh, performance. Uh, for um, for Martins, like, w- what's your grade system here? <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So for the grading system, A A is the best. Yeah, okay, That's okay. The best grade. Uh, B C D is C is average. D is below average. And then F is terrible. Well, I I, I don't know. He, he he like his lineup was it was. I, it wasn't something that we didn't expect from him, right? Right. There wasn't any kind of surprise in his start to leaving. Uh, but um, what I value in the coaches is uh, the ability to motivate their players and to make them better than they are. Um, for example, if one player is down and he doesn't have like a good form, he should support him, right? And, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, we, we saw that with Envila, we didn't saw that yet with Onyekur, for example, that's a big discussion. But because we paid a bigger money for uh, for Onyekur, I think he'll, right. he'll continue supporting him in the future as well. Because, uh, yeah, we don't like the way he plays, but we paid a lot of money to, like, you know, to just read, write him off. Exactly. And, well, Roman, thank you so much for your opinions. I appreciate you joining us again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Arya. Take care. You too. And we do have another another person that's going to be joining us today. We have, it looks like, Jim hey. Polita. How are you doing today? Hey, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. So you just heard me talking to Roman about the Ophi game. 
tell me what you thought about it. How was the game for you today? Uh, or yesterday, I should say. Uh, the first half was a bit disappointing to say because I think I expected more from the beginning. And then they get, I think it was a corner. And yep. they make, like, Ronnie Lopez makes that Saru <laughs> Shah. Yeah. And, and we can see that. And I was like, they're going to be done for the whole game uh, of it. Uh, they will, they're going to, like, get injured. That's what I thought. And we get a goal. I can remember. I think it was 15 minutes. Yep. Uh, or 10. And that was actually kind of good, uh, even for Cissé, because he's not been himself for the past few games. He, he wasn't like the rock that we say. And it was good. He almost got the hat-trick. And I was really impressed by Ronnie Lopez because in his last games, he's been really good uh, for me because when he came, I thought that's not Ronnie Lopez because if he told me in the summer what winger would I want, it would be him. He has, uh, he's got yeah. everything. Yep. And th- he's starting to show that. Yep. I think uh, you're spot on there. Uh, got a couple more comments rolling in. Girios Manessis Calispera. Good to hear from you. Guys, Yanis Manessis here checking in. Was also at the game, the big exhibition in New York for Libyakos DC, Libyakos New York. Thank you, Mr. Manessis, for joining. Hope I see you more often. An interesting comment here from Lex, and I don't think he's wrong here. I think he's right based on our... Uh, previous history selling players, but uh, Jim, give me your uh, give me your thoughts on this. So Lex says we can still sell Henry at top dollar even if he plays badly for us. That's fact. Uh, he for me Henry is like I can get him from my closet. He's a palto for me. He can't play. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Henry Nkuru. I. I remember your deep dive when you're like to say that he's way better than Bruma, and I was like really hyped because I like Bruma, but if on a certain level I thought he was good, but I wouldn't play pay six million for Bruma. And then Onyekuru came, and I was like, oh, finally, when if his first games, I can say, well, eh, he he showed that he could be good. And then it was like he was, he didn't even care that he played. I, the only game that I saw the real Henry Nekuro was the Eintracht game. Yes. Uh, on Greece. He was like, Onyekuru, what, what I want for my 5 million winger that I yep. pay 5 million. And if he continues to play like this, uh, I think we could send him on loan on, a, on Galatasaray. And if they, with a like, option with a five million option or oh, no no that's that's a steal uh, with a three and a half million option i think that if they decide to pay it that's what i think we can get from Onyekuru. i don't think we can get anything more or if if a, like a saudi arabia side wants him yeah I, and i think that's going to be the case at least if we don't see improvement if he doesn't play better 
right? Yeah, yeah. Or if he doesn't at least start scoring, that's probably the best we can hope for. And then now, if he things change, he gets a couple of he gets a couple of of goals or has a couple of great performances in Europe. I think that will change. The problem with Henry is, and forget the let's forget the money that we spent on him for a second. The when we did the scouting report on him, the deep dive, we saw that he is best. He he is most threatening when he is able to get in behind the defender with some space. You know, maybe if we're deeper in our half, he has space to run and counter. He has speed. And if he has that space for the counter, that's when he's the deadliest. And that's when we've seen him at his best. Now, the unfortunate thing is he hasn't been able to finish very well. And uh, Lex actually, I think, hits the nail on the head here. Bruma and Henry need space to counter. That's not our style of play against 99.9% of our games. And that's 100% right. And that's part of why that this transfer didn't make a lot of sense to me. Because in Greece, I hardly saw any case where he would be useful. Because when we play in Greece, everybody usually stacks 10 people behind the ball and defends against us. And that's not something that Onyakuru is it's not where he works the best now somebody that can help us there that's roni lopez and ideally where roni lopez should have been helping and he's been better now primarily because he's lost all that weight um i think lex brought that up also here uh lopez lost a lot of weight and the team physios and dietologists mentioned it yes uh, i believe it was hernani gomez uh brought it up yeah, he and, post, and he talked yeah, about it and it's like that and also lex brought up a, a good point he says that if we were on, a, on the champions in the champions league this year he might have been useful yeah yeah he might have been useful i think because it's that time where we play at the back most of the games yep not to say something that's bad but it's true if i play manchester city like last year i play on a counter attack if if something happens and onyaku might have been useful there and we kind of choked it in qualification games uh, as you have talked about in that post games uh, i remember so he's been good in europe like in against line tracks i really liked him I guess Fenerbahce, uh, in Turkish, he was completely like invisible. And I yep. think that's part because they were kind of afraid of him because he had made them pelates, as you said. So, yes. uh, so I think most of the time that he got the ball, he had like two or three players on him. So I can't blame, blame him for that much. I really can't. But like in Greece, I the Levaliakos game, I think that was terrible. Uh, yep. you ca if you can't play against Levaliakos, uh, Pinapol. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what can you do against anybody else? Yeah, what can you do against uh, in Levaliakos? And uh, that fullback that got on him, like, there were times when he couldn't even get past him, uh, like, in pay, on pace. He, he couldn't even do that. Yeah, I was really disappointed by him because I expected at least a goal against Levaliakos, and I'm not disappointed about the team, uh, from the team because I think we didn't, I didn't expect very much because it was like Olympiakos B with a couple of first team players, exactly. to be honest, and like from that game, 
I only liked like Semedo needs to definitely work. I can't blame him. He even gave us a goal, but he yep. really needs to work on his on his game because they're like three three months out, and it's yep. not, it wasn't even an injury. They're not only injuries that affects your legs or something. They're, they're injuries for what he'd been through. I can I can't be on his shoes, but I can understand that he wasn't at his best. But I think, I don't think he'll stay. I hope for Manolas, but I think it's good for him to play a couple of games and get back. Well, and it's going to be interesting to see where he fits in, right? Because there's this, there's this big, um, well, I guess we should say there's a there's a big fasaria about him, right? And what's been going on with his off the field issues, with his his ability that's on the field that we kind of need, but at the same time, he's proven to us that he hasn't really changed. And unfortunately, he's going to continue to put himself in really bad situations. The club doesn't seem to want to have anything to do with him. Pedro Martins seems to believe he can still contribute. It's going to be interesting to see where we end up with that, for sure. Now, I have a couple of questions for you uh, related to the, the Offie game, of course. Now, the first question I'm going to ask is, how did you feel about Jan and Vila's performance today? I saw old Jan and Vila. I saw at yes. least flashes, if not for the whole game. He, was, yes. he looked good today. Uh, I remember, like the past games, he wasn't himself. Even in, like, I think the last European game against Fenerbahce, I was like, "Is that Jan Jan Villa?" Like that. And I saw the off game, and the, most of the people would like, be like, "Oh yeah, that's a a Greek small team." And I think, no, that was a really important game for most players, for the most players. And Jan was was for me the MVP because he was all over the pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, his balls, uh, his balls, through balls, his yep. through balls were were great, and I think he he was a, the good old Jan Villa we know. Yep, and he he looked really good. He also had two assists on the day, so great for him. He looked fantastic, and there were moments where the team started to remind me of the second year. Pedro Martin's second yeah, year, yeah. two years yeah, ago. Sure. In the 70th minute, in the second half, there were periods of interplay. I mean, the quick ball movement, one oh, touch, yeah, people moving around. Jan and Villa, Kenny Lala, Ronnie yep. Lopez. And there was Everybody. That was really good. And I'm going to take I'm gonna a hot take and uh, say Ronnie Lopez, like in some cases, reminded me of Podence without the pace yeah dribbling areas uh i think he can improve and he's really young uh, he's 25 so i think we we won't see a new daniel podence yes I'm, I'm i'm sure of that but i think we'll we can get closer than we did with bruma we'll see I love hot takes. Bring as many hot takes as you like. We love them on Gate 7 International. Thank you so much for that. Oh, Lex, it's always going to come up at one point. You said it right. His balls were great. He needs Manscaped. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No Manscaped videos today, buddy. 
and uh, <laughs> Fedanov and Lavrov looks different as he got there. <laughs> uh, Le Lex and Fedanov, guys, I posted the link again in the chat. Come and join. Come hang out. It's uh, it's just me today. We're getting intimate here. Uh, now, Jim, before I let you go, first, where are you where are you calling in from? Oh yes, I'm calling. I'm calling from Athens. Very uh, nice. And I, I'm going to bring another hot take before I go. Please. I think if Onyekuru doesn't perform at the level we expect him, because I think he won't, uh, Christian Pavon is on free uh, in January, and I think he really fits the style that we want to play. He's a Kevin Miralles type of player, and I would really like him to, to join him, because he's mainly for free when we try to sign him in the summer. Yeah, so Christian Pavon is a very interesting one. Um, he, I paid attention to him at his time in the MLS, and he's a decent player. The only thing with him is he has a similar issue. He, I think, is still going to court over um, sexual assault charges. Uh, oh. Yes, so that's part of the reason why we didn't make the big move for him over the summer is because we were waiting to see how that turned out. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, want to use those. So. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to deal with that again. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, before you leave, we need, of course, if you can give it for both games, that'll be great for the cup game and for the offie game today. I want yeah. your man of the match as well as your coach's grade. Now we do uh, from, you know, if it's an A, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, you did amazing. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So go ahead. For both games, give them both games. For the Levadiakos game, I give my man of the match to... Uh, it's tough, I know. Yeah, I'm like, I give it to Versailles because I think he really needs confidence. Not that he'll see something, but I think he's the most unappreciated player in the Pedro Martins era, one at least, because mm -hmm. he has shown that he he's really good. Like, he can be a pain in the ass to another def another defenses. So I think he still, he showed that he's still here. And if he gets games, I think he'll be even better. Um, although I really liked Ronnie Lopez at that game because he held the ball really well. Made a couple of mistakes, but that's like part of the game part of the game. I give my man of the match to Versailles. Coach is great. I give it like a C or a D because I think he rotated a, a little bit too much. He, I don't think we should expect like more from that 11 that they haven't even played all together for at least a couple of minutes. So I give a C a D, a D because if we had like a bit of a, a bit more starters from the press squad, I think that would be perfect. Uh, and we have we would won the game, but I'm not worried for the second leg. I think we got. It. And for the off game, I give my man of the match to Jan Envilia because he was everywhere, as I said. Gave two assists to Cisse, still could have gone the hat trick. And I still uh, want to say about Ronnie Lopez, that was a great goal. And he was like, as I said, I really liked him. I, I think we will, see, we will see way more from Ronnie Lopez. And for a coach grade, uh, and I, I think he 
handle the game perfect. I don't, I didn't see any coach mistakes at, except like putting Valbuena on the eight, eight, nine minutes. If you're gonna put someone, at least put Brusai so she can get some games. I think that's what I think. Thank you for hey. having me. Thank you and so much for joining. How old are you, by the way? I'm 15. 15. Uh, I, you have a great mind for the game. You have a great <laughs> mind for the game. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, uh, it's getting late there, right? What is it? Midnight? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit late. It's cool tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's cool tomorrow. Jim, thank you for joining. Galinichta, uh, and have a lovely uh, day at school tomorrow. Take 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 a lot of notes. Ask questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Bye. Wow, that was incredible, incredible knowledge from a 15-year-old listener. Thank you so much again, Jim Politis, for joining. That was fantastic. Love, love seeing our young listeners with such great knowledge of the game and understanding of the game. Uh, Lex and Fetanos here, you guys are teasing me. You guys are popping off in the chat, but you don't want to come on. Lex, you don't need to have a good mic, my friend, or video. I don't need to see your face. Just want to hear your lovely voice, man. It's all right. It's all right. You can hop on. I'll leave it to you if you want to. You can. If not, next time, wait for you to get that mic upgrade. Well, to move on finally from the Offie game, I'll give my man of the match and coaches grade as well. Uh, when it comes to man of the match, I have to give it to Cissé. You can't be a defender, score two goals, and not get it. He also just had a solid game overall. And Cissé is one of those guys you know what, maybe he can be clumsy here and there, which he hasn't been this season. Ever since he came back from France, the guy has been, he's been great. He's been solid, probably first name on the team sheet. Great player for us and always brings everything on the field. And that is one of those uh, feats of a, of a player that you can't, that you, it's, it's not something that you can coach. It's not something that you can see too well. It just has to be there. And we're so lucky to have him. We're so lucky to have Cissé, the rock, playing for us and brings his heart to the game all the time. He's my man of the match. And, of course, I have to give a shout-out. We have to give honorable mention to, as as Jim brought up, Jan Vila. I mean, he looked like Jan Vila to me, the old Jan Vila. Closest he has at least all season. Two assists. Moved the ball around really well was crucial in some of those moments of interplay where we saw the quick one and two touch. I mean, that is what he did for us in the past. And that's what made him such a special player. What makes him such a special player for us. He is an amazing player, amazing midfielder, different mold of any of the other midfielders we currently have. I'm so glad to see he's coming back. Guys, if you didn't hear from before, I know Costa talked about it, my co-host. He lost a ton of weight. A ton of weight. He had COVID, lost a ton of weight, and he a lot of muscle, which is really bad to lose. But he's back. And he's finally looking like him again. And you know, at least we've we've secured Europe for next season when it seems like our players are hitting stride. Guys like Roni Lopez, who I expected a lot more of. When I did the deep dive, I expected way more than what we saw in the beginning of the season. And we're starting to see more of what I saw in him. The goal he had was in that sweet spot I talked about. Upper right corner, he gets it there. He's shooting it upper upper 90 every time. He had a really nice chance in the beginning of the game. It was like the 23rd or 24th minute, I believe, that was saved. Um, you know, he's Ronnie Lopez is looking exactly how we expect, and I think he's going to come good for us. Oh, 
Guys, a very lovely treat. Lex decided to make it. So let's bring him on here. Lex, how you doing? Lex, you might be muted. I can't hear you. But uh, if you can get your mic to work, then uh, you should be okay. Yeah, Samsung phone mic should be fine. You uh, can't hear you for now. But if you can get that to work, let me know. Otherwise, we'll keep on going. Uh, so, Cisse, man of the match, and then my coaching's grade to Pedro Martins is going to be, uh, you know what? He he won three to one today. Uh, we did see a form adjustment from four two three one. It looks like we kind of went to more of a four four two. Um, I believe, I believe that it. I mean, look, it, it worked right because in the beginning, we you know we we went down a goal. And now Cissé did bail us out twice, but it, it has to count for something. So I'm going to give him a solid B plus for the game. Um, you know, maybe starting if we didn't start so slow, it would have been an A, but I can't give him a bad grade at least. Uh, so we'll go for that. A couple of other comments we'll get into before we move on to the Olympiacos B game. Um, L Street, 47, and we keep continuing. The box fans wanted to get the champion. Ah, uh, yes, I saw that. The comments after box game, hilarious, hilarious. My personal favorite were all the ones saying Yamena Nikisel Balk. That was one of my personal favorites. I love that. I love when I see that every single time. Uh, oh, Lex, we're gonna try round two, buddy. All right, we're gonna try real quick. All right, Lex, are you there? Is the mic working? You don't seem to be muted. Oh, we lost Lex. Maybe third time will be the charm. Lex, if you can come in one more time, we'll see if we can get this to work again. Um, moving on from the Olympiacos Offi game, we had Olympiacos B played today against uh, Panseraikos, and they won 2-1 to one goals from Costi and Vilis. I did not get to watch this game. I will get a chance to watch the replay tomorrow when the data populates. But love to see the boys doing well. Love to see the boys succeeding and kicking butt down there. Uh, there's a like I said, Sorlis has been doing great since he since the start in the games that he has played for the B team. I believe he is ready for first team. I think he should be staying with the first team and and seeing minutes, substitute appearances, or games against uh, bad teams. I really believe Vasily Sorlis is ready for the next level, and he's probably. One of the the only guys I'll say from the B team that really deserves the most to to be there. Have a comment here from KN803. I like Cisse a lot also, but he is becoming really dangerous for our defense. Maybe Semedo can handle him, but other defenders like Ba or Papastathopoulos cannot play well with him. And the so what I'm gonna say about that KN803 is that. You have to remember, we are used to, and because we've had Semedo, right, for three years, we are used to Semedo's ball-playing ability. We are used to him being the quarterback and possession starting from him. Now, we have – we don't have that, right? We haven't had that for a few months. Cissé uh, is not – a, a ball playing center back. Now that's not to say he can't play with the ball at his feet. It's just saying that he's not as technical as Ruben Semedo. 
We've never really had a player like Ruben Semedo before. Retzos, Retzos is probably the last defender we had that could really control the ball as well as Ruben Semedo. Markovic is similar like that. Not to mention Ruben Semedo is also a pretty good defender. I mean, every season, statistically, he's the top defender in the Super League. Every season. And there's a reason for that. I mean, he's a good player. We would never have gotten a player like Semedo if he was not in the type of trouble that he was in. So part of the problem when we lost Semedo and we got used to playing the ball out of the back and playing possession out of the back and being so comfortable with that, when you lose that, but you but you're, you rely so heavily on that, you still expect it with the other guys that come out there. Now, Socrates and Cisse are great players, great defenders. But I don't know if it's safe to say that they have the same technical capability that's made. I don't believe they do. Not to say they're bad players, because that's not at all what I'm saying. It's just to say that they don't have that same ability. But but we we still play as if Semedo is back there. And you see when we get pressed that we get in some trouble. So I understand that. Um, and I think part of the thing is, if we're going to play Cissé next to anybody, it has to be a guy like Markovic. And that's why I believe Markovic needs to be integrated into this team sooner rather than later. Um, we have another comment here from Stelio. First goal was a very questionable penalty. And our second goal was a key goalkeeper mistake. The goal that we conceded was a pretty nice goal outside of the box down the left corner. Look, the, uh, we do, I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, moving on from this. I, I didn't watch the B team play, uh, whether it was a questionable penalty or not. I did see a replay at least of the, of the, of the Vilas goal. Um, but, um, I didn't watch the game. There's not much I can tell you about that. I would have, I'll have more to say about it once I'm able to actually watch the game, but I will take, I will take your word for it. Stelio. I'm just happy that the B team is, is playing well. That's what we want. We want to see them playing well, and we want to make sure that we have something that we can supplement the team with going forward. All right. Third time's the charm, Lex. Let's give it a shot, buddy. Okay. All right. Lex, are you there? Is the audio there? Maybe, maybe not. Oh, I, I guess we're ha we're having some trouble here. We're having some trouble, Lex. That Samsung phone doesn't seem to be connecting. Not sure. Maybe, uh, maybe check to make sure you're not muted. Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe we have to wait for you to get that mic in. Uh, Lex, I'll leave you here. If you randomly get the mic working and we hear you, all the better. Uh, but there is one thing that we have yet to cover so far. We're going to move on from the Olympiacos stuff. Again, happy that the Olympiacos B team won today. Happy for the win against Ofi yesterday. But there is something that we've gotten a lot of DMs about. A lot of people asking if we were going to talk about it. We were considering doing a special episode. It just never materialized because with everybody's schedules, it was tough. But JVS... Ethniki coach JVS left his post on Instagram. No presser, nothing. Just Instagram that he was upset that it was taking so long to hear from anybody. And he didn't believe that his goals and Epo's goals or the EPO's goals aligned. 
and he wanted out. I guess kind of did me a favor because I wasn't a fan with him. I really didn't want him to be renewed. I didn't see more positives keeping them. You know, I would have rather rolled the dice with somebody else personally. So he did our job for me. Now, the funnier thing was uh, many of you saw the interim president of the EPO went on open TV to talk about things. Now, Every single time we see somebody hop up on pop up on open TV, it already makes me laugh first and foremost. But somebody brought this up on one of our social medias. I don't remember who it is. If I find it while I'm scrolling, I will let you know. But somebody, I think it was uh uh Banos Kosopoulos, I believe, I believe that's who it was. And he brought up a, a hilarious point. I'm gonna ask you guys a question, and if anybody knows his name, please. Do any of you know who the president of the the English FA is? Does anybody? Anybody know who it is? I I don't. I still don't know who he is. And that's because he shouldn't have to be seen. Now, I want you to imagine that uh let Chelsea's Chelsea's owner, Roman Abramovich, owns a media, a media station that everybody watches. And the president of the English FA, who I have no idea who it is, pops up on that on that president's owned media network and starts talking about things related to EPO, related to the EPO, related to Greek football. It should sound weird because it is. It's really fucking weird. And some of the stuff he's saying. He said that Gramenos improved the situation. That Gramenos did a good job. I just about bust out laughing before I just shut the whole thing off because I knew it was a waste of my time watching it. The only positive thing that I think that you could say Gramenos did was the foreign refs because he was the first one to bring the foreign refs in for the derbies. But that wasn't even his idea. That idea was brought up in a previous administration. He just implemented it. What good? I, I can't think of a positive thing Ramenos did. I, I, I can't. Oh, TT here. Wikipedia says it's Prince William. SMH, LOL. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. If that's the case, I hope Wikipedia is right on that. Uh KN803, don't watch open TV, Savidis TV. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Trust me. I don't. I just wanted to see what this clown was going to say. But yeah, it's a joke. Ramenos didn't do anything. We found out that he was barely using a quarter of the funds allocated us for stadium upkeep. Your job as EPO president is to be doing things to help make the league better. And you didn't do that. He didn't even do what was within his power. Forget about the bureaucracy behind it. He didn't do what was within his power already. Worthless. Worthless. So don't tell me that Gramenos did anything right. I, will, I don't believe it. I will never believe it. Now back on JVS. I was excited when JVS first came in. I have a lot of people that think that I, had a, I have been 
with DMs that have said to me, oh, you've just had an agenda. You don't like JVS. You never liked him to begin with. That's not true. When JVS first came in, the last couple games of that qualifying campaign, that disaster of a qualifying campaign, I, lo- I, I, I liked what I saw from JVS. I thought this guy maybe can make the team play open. I thought, you know, what he did against Italy, I thought, I was like, wow, maybe, you know, we do have talent. Maybe we can play this ball. Everyone kept saying, oh, Greece isn't capable of it. We're, all we can do is play defensive, defensive, defensive. Park the bus, park the bus, park the bus. That's all Greece is. That's our identity. And I thought to myself, maybe, maybe we can, maybe he can do it. Maybe he can do something else. But then Nations League crawled around. And some of the, some of the, uh, behind-the-scenes bullshit starts. Some of the weird choices for the team start. Not related to form. No explanation why people get called up. Stafilidis hasn't played, hadn't played for his team in almost a year. One game in a year, he gets called up. Hmm. Siovas doesn't even say anything bad. Gets isolated from the team. Socrates, Manola, JVS swears he's had conversations with them and that they didn't want to play. Then we hear from Socrates that he never, he hasn't talked to anybody. Hmm. The Nations League campaign ended up being a failure. I don't care what anybody says. We should have won that group. That was the expectation and we didn't achieve it. Failure, big fail. That was it. For me, that was done. It was failure. Now, the real test for me was the qualification campaign. I said I wasn't happy with the Nations League. I wasn't impressed with anything I saw. And I was willing to wait to see what he did for qualification campaign. I hope maybe he would learn some of the lessons, you know, especially because the friendlies, some of the experiments he did during the friendlies were interesting. I thought, hey, maybe this is something going forward. But he didn't learn from his mistakes. He gets a lucky result against Spain, hangs his hat on that, and then we see the same bullshit for the rest of the campaign. We get a decent result against Sweden, a game where they probably should have won. I mean, the underlying data had them as the winner. They they just weren't they couldn't score. That was the problem. And then what happens? What happens is what I predict: third place finish. And if you look at the underlying data. And I am going to be posting a bunch of graphs and statistics that uh, that we made. But we were third place. We were the third best team in our qualifying group. And if you look at our offensive metrics, guys, I mean, it, it's it's all downhill. Like we've had – Skibby was better in terms of a lot of these metrics than JVS. The number of offensive plays, possession, things like that. I mean, all downhill, everything, everything downhill, less chances created, more chances conceded, more major chances conceded, higher, higher expected goals conceded. I mean, most of the data, most of the underlying data was worse. So people that were telling me, oh, uh, JVS is the only one that has this team playing competently. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Maybe you're still reliving the game against Italy or the last couple games of that failed qualifying campaign when he first was brought in. I, I don't know what you're talking about. JVS was a fail. He's a failed coach. And I'd rather roll the dice with the next dollar store coach that we bring in than, than him. Because I don't believe, I don't believe that he, he can carry us anywhere. There were some good things he did, giving a lot of different Greeks a look, okay? But I don't believe that he he can do it. I, I lost, I've lost faith in him completely. So I'm fine with him going. And at a 600000 a year salary, what else did we expect? I mean, guys, we can't. <laughs> I've heard people talking names, Valverde and uh, Santos and Gattuso and all, all these other guys like, guys, these guys make two, two and a half million a season with their current jobs. You think they're going to come take a 75% haircut on their wages to coach Greece? What would you, would any of you do it? No, the bureaucracy you have to deal with. Screw that. We're not going to be able to afford a big coach. We're going to get somebody small. I've seen, we've seen uh, in the news, Jimenez, Manolo Jimenez was linked. Tell you what. I'm more likely to believe he'll coach the national team than anybody else. It's all we can afford. Uh, but it is what it is. You know, we'll see what happens, who gets appointed, and we'll go from there because right now, Alefterios Machinis, buddy, you're right. Olympiacos is better than the national team. It's greater than the national team. All the national team does is frustrate us, but, you know, it's like, it's masochism. We love to be tortured by them. We love to inflict ourselves with punishment by watching it. If, if we weren't Greek, why would we wouldn't, we wouldn't even care. But I mean, what, what I don't even know what else I can say about it. Um, oh, and Fetanos, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing this up. I forgot to talk about this completely. I don't know how I could forget. Have you talked about the Martins extension? No guys, huge news, huge news. So there was a Gazetta article about some Al Nasser interest in Pedro Martins, which then they ended up signing uh, the, the Boca Juniors coach. Uh, but before that, uh, Vasilis Kosatopoulos for Nova Sport had said that, no, that there was no discussion. And Martins uh, is, is actually, we're looking at an extension. And I think Nikos Kotsis had brought that up as an extension. Um, or brought that up uh, as a, an exclusive, sorry. He had said that he had an exclusive and that there was an extension. It, there were some talks about it. Uh, guys, this is, uh, that's interesting. Um, now, there was a conversation that we had on a previous show about Martins and the current, the, the current what was going on. At, we, we didn't think he would renew. We wanted him to finish the season out and then, you know, obviously part ways, maybe bring the next coach in based on what's been happening. But the context for that was that we didn't think he would renew, right? We didn't think he was going to. We think he was just going to part ways and that we were going to have to move on, find another coach. And we were okay with that. Maybe it's time for change. But the team is beginning to play better, in, at least in some, in some, at, at some point. You know, there are players turning up that didn't turn up. Ronnie Lopez losing weight, kind of looking like the player we wanted, you know, things like that. If Pedro Martins really wants to sign an extension and we're going to secure him long-term and then that thought leaves his mind, 
I want him to stay. I was comfortable with him parting ways if he if it was a a question of whether or not he didn't want to be at the club for him because that that distraction that 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 clouds your mind as a coach as a player too. If we can remove that and we're securing him for at least another season, I'm fully on board with it because then his mind is here 100%. And beyond that, guys, a fifth season in a row with the same coach? I don't know if somebody I don't know if somebody can look back into Wikipedia or something and find out our coaches, but have we ever had a coach in the modern era stay for five seasons? I mean, I know that the longest coach we had before that, Bajevic had stayed for three seasons. That's it. But have we ever had a coach for five seasons? Three seasons from Bajevic? Who else stayed for three seasons? Four seasons. But five seasons? It's incredible to me, especially in the modern day. Even in top leagues, there's no more the Arsene Wenger, Sir Alex Ferguson, you know. Diego Simeone, where you have a guy that's there for 10, 11, 12 years or more, doesn't exist. Lex, another comment from Lex here. Has anyone in the Greek League? No. No. Martins, I believe, and and Stelio is saying the same thing here. I believe Pedro Martins is the, the, the longest tenured coach in the Super League period. I believe that. Now, again, I don't know a lot of the teams that are 40 years and back, 30, 20, even 30 years and back. So if somebody can correct me, please. But I believe if Pedro Martin's coaches are fifth year, he'll be the longest. He is the longest tenure coach, period. And that says something. That means that this team, this club, has a long-term vision. And it does want some kind of stability. And And that is what continues to keep us at a level beyond the competition. Because this is how we react. This is how we are. Every almost almost every team now in the Super League has changed their coaches already in the middle of the season. Not every, almost every. It's crazy. And we're not even halfway through the season yet. It's it's unbelievable. And I am fully on board with this if we are able to do it. If we are able to keep Martins for a fifth season have him solely focused on the club to finish this season out. I'm on board with it. 100%. My only critique is I want to see, I would like, I would, I want to, I hope that he starts to introduce at least the, some of the guys, the younger guys that deserve the first team appearances like Vasily Solis. I want to see him with the team. He's been training with the first team already for two seasons prior to the B league or prior to B teams being introduced. I want to see him with the first team. I want to see him, playing at least even in in games that maybe aren't so meaningful or even in substitute appearances, he deserves it. This kid is a good player. And I really, I believe personally that he can be a star. They could be the next, at the very least, the next Bukalakis for us, but I think he's better. I think he could be better. His tendencies, the things that he does with the ball are, are, are more progressive than what Bukalakis has to offer. So I'm on board. That's just the one critique I have. The one thing I hope that we can see in the future. Now, guys, we've been going at this for an hour and 11 minutes. Thank you for sticking around. First, first solo, first solo podcast. I guess it can be done, you know, 
So it, this was fun for me. Thank you guys. Thank you everybody. Uh, Roman and, and Jim for jumping in. Lex, thank you for trying. We'll get you next time. Uh, I think, I think I saw one or two other people come in and leave. Sorry. Maybe I had you in the, uh, the lobby too long waiting. I apologize. Next time we'll do this again for sure. Thank you guys again for listening, especially if you've made it this far. We have so much more content in store for you guys. Uh, like I said, we have a future interview with the president of um, the Olivia Costa New York fan club. Teddy is a wonderful guy. I can't wait for you guys to meet him. Uh, Socrates, that's another interview coming up with the Olivia Costa New York Academy. We'll get him and the coach on. Uh, we also are going to bring on some of the players from Olivia Costa D.C., uh, so during the, during the winter break, we'll bring them on. So you guys can talk to them, have a chat with them. Uh, it would be really nice for you guys to get to know them. These guys could be future stars for Lubiacos or future stars in general. And of course, guys, because it's the winter coming up, we will be doing another boozing with the boys. I'm so sorry. We have been meaning to do a boozing with the boys for a while. It just hasn't happened. Uh, schedule got busy. Things have also been busy between us and all between the hosts. So, but we do plan on doing another boozing with the boys. So do not fret. We want to see all your faces and we're going to continue bringing everybody on board, uh, with, with these open, open shows where we want you to join us. This is a show by the fans for the fans. Okay. We want your input, not just ours because we're fans too. And we only did this because the content didn't exist. We're here for you. You're here for us. This is a symbiotic relationship, guys. We love to do it, and I hope that you guys continue to want to be here with us. Uh, uh, next podcast should be midweek. Sorry, guys. I know some of the midweeks here and there have been iffy. Again, the schedules coming up to schedules coming up to the holidays have been tough for all of us. Uh, but we we do the plan is always to do post match midweeks if we can, if not something else. Uh, we also may have a, a special basketball episode coming up. So keep an eye out. We will keep you guys updated. I promise. Lex, I, I will tell Costa to bring the Tsikudia as well. Uh, I'm sure he'll love that. He, he'll love to hang out as well. He'll bring that on his boozing with the boys. So thank you guys again. Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. And we'll see you next time. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Trilos, he said. Stomialo kati magiko.